Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsenal Way and yes we are back at you with your daily Arsenal Agenda show, your daily show from 10am on Monday to Friday and I'm joined again by Umar. Umar, it just seems to be me and you recently, doesn't it? We're creating our own little, own little bond here, our own little show. I know man, everyone's, everyone's after what's been happening in the past few weeks, TC, Chris, don't want to be seen but nah, it's good, it's good I'm joined by you so it's always a pleasure man. Of course, so enough face is stepping up for the team right now. Yeah, just... Uh, how are you feeling now, Are you still a uh, little bit down or are you starting to starting to forget about it and I'll move forward? Yeah, to be fair, yesterday was a bit difficult, but um, I woke up this morning, um, starting to be a bit more upbeat, um, trying to get it, trying to put it at the back of my mind. Um, it was a difficult evening on Monday night, um, but there's no point now dwelling on it to be honest um, because the result's not going to change the scenario is not going to change for Arsenal and their storage to do something spectacular but which is highly unlikely so the only thing we can do now is look ahead to next season I think look ahead to a big hopefully summer transfer window and it's a big now an opportunity for Edu to show his worth because now the pressure is on Edu and he has to get whatever signings Mikel Arteta wants this summer. He can't dilly-dally and if Mikel Arteta says, I want this player, you have to get it over the line no matter what, no matter how much it costs because right now we're in a position that in all probability we're going to be playing Europa League football next season and that may have an effect on who we go for. You look at what we're going to touch on in, in a little bit, um, Ilkay Gundogan, there's been links to Arsenal. Um, he, he reportedly wants to leave. He would be a good acquisition to our uh, midfield. But would Ilkay Gundogan want to come to Arsenal if we're playing in the Europa League? I doubt it, to be honest. So we're going to be having these scenarios this summer, transfer window. Don't get me wrong, we're still a massive club. We're still um, a club that any player in world football would love to join. The history, the club, the fan base, what Arsenal stands for. But it is going to be difficult. But like I've always said, if if a player doesn't want to be here and if a player doesn't want to come, forget about it. Don't go for that player because we should always be targeting players that want to play for Arsenal, that want to wear this shirt. So... This summer's going to be key. This summer's going to be key. I'm quite interested to now forget about this season, put it to the back of my mind. It is going to take a bit of time to um, sink in, but now let's look forward because there's no point looking back. What's happened has happened. Um, it, it, it has ended the way that we didn't want it to end, but we can only look forward. So, yeah, we go from there. Yeah, we can only look forward indeed. And, of course, by looking forward means looking at the transfer window and... You touched on Gondolan briefly there. You said about his desire to join a club and Arsenal's probability of signing him. But let's say he does sign. Is that the type of profile that Arsenal should be going for and Arsenal will need? Will he enhance Mikel Arteta's midfield? I really like him. I really yeah. like him. I think he's a very, very, very good player. And I think he's very underrated. Mm-hmm. I think every time he's stepped up for Manchester City and for Pep Guardiola, He's always fired in goals. He's always created from midfield. And look at the numbers that he had last season for Manchester City. When De Bruyne was going off the boil, Gundogan was the one who stepped up for that Manchester City team. And he was the player that Pep Guardiola was looking for in the bigger games. So for me, 
it depends how much he's going to cost. Um, he He's a player that can offer a lot. He's got so much Premier League experience now in this locker. He's played at the highest level um, for prior, prior to Manchester City for Borussia Dortmund. So I think it would be a great signing if he did want to come, to be honest, because I think with Arsenal at the moment, the midfield lacks so much in terms of output, in terms of goal output. Thomas Partey doesn't get that many goals. Grand Shaka doesn't get that many goals. Mohamed Donnelly doesn't get that many goals. And Sambi Lokonga doesn't get that many goals. They're quite similar players. All of them, they're quite in terms of their profiles. So I think every top team, every top team who wants to be competing for titles, who wants to be competing at the highest level um, in the Premier League, in European football, you need goals from midfield. We go back to when we had Aaron Ramsey. Um, at times, the guy, he, he was excellent. The, the runs that he was making from midfield and he was getting so many crucial goals. And I miss that, to be honest. I think sometimes when you don't have um, players in your forward positions with the likes of Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Smithrow, of course they can have bad games and they won't be firing um, as you'd like. And then at times you need goals from midfield you need goals from other areas but right now for us it's just like if Bakaya Saka is not firing if Emil Smith-Rowe is not firing if one of our strikers is not firing where are the goals going to come from it's, it's, it's a problem area for me so I think that's another um, area that I think this summer we need to think about we need to think about the right profile midfielders I know there's been links to Yuri Tillemans um, Ruben Neves they they don't get me excited, if I'm honest. They're okay players, they're good players, but they don't get me off my feet. So I like Fabian Ruiz, to be honest, um, from Napoli. I think he's a very good player. I think he's a type of player that would come to Arsenal, um, even if they were playing in the Europa League. I think he's a player that could offer a lot. So there are players in the transfer window in, in, in and around Europe. It's just about making the right signing. It's not... It's about making the signing that we don't waste money on now because we have to be clever. We can't be wasting another summer transfer window buying players that don't fit in this system and don't won't offer enough, um won't offer Arsenal nothing going forward. So we have to be clever, we have to assess the market. But yeah, going back to Gundogan, if he did want to come to Arsenal, if Mikel Arteta gave him a phone call and he was keen on it, I think we bring him in. I think Gundogan is such a good player that you, you have to take a punt on players like that. And that's not me saying he's the only player in terms of midfield. He's an additional midfield signing. So I think I think it, it will be a top signing. Absolutely. 13 goals in the Premier League last season. That just says a lot. And Afsar uh, Gunner says Gondogan is older than another William. I just want to touch no, on that no, comment no. because, yeah, we do... William has haunted us as a club. I think he's kind of created some PTSD for us. But yeah. you need to look at three chances elsewhere in the world. You think of Thiago Silva at Chelsea, how he's enhanced that team and he's yeah. even older. I think you can sign a player on a free chance for over 30 and succeed. Of course, we've had yeah. a bad luck. We've had Petr Cech, we've had, we've had William. But Gundogan is a different, step, different type of player. He's a special yeah. player. He's a player also who doesn't rely on his mobility. I think he's mm. technically an excellent player. So his age will probably... 31 for midfielder nowadays isn't the oldest as well. We see Modric oh. now, we see the top players, they're playing around 35, yeah. 34. That's when you might start to see a dip, but Gondowan's just turned 31. So he's got a couple of years in his legs here at least. And I think he would be an excellent signing to be honest. I think we saw in Newcastle, the biggest reason we lost because the midfield went missing. 
Gundogan is not a player who's going to go missing because he's experienced. He's captain Manchester City. I just want to take it back as well uh, to inside Manchester City in the semi-final of the Champions League uh, when he was given a team talk. He's got the captain, the mm. captain aura about him when he was the one giving a team talk to the boys when they when they went out to beat PSG. He was the captain that day and he was the most vocal player. So he would definitely not hide from the from the challenge or from the limelight when we need them most. And he's the type of midfielder maybe we need because outside of Shaq on Thomas party, there's not a lot of experience there. Of course, Erdegaard's still only 23 years old. He's got a grow Sambula Conga. He needs more guidance. Charlie Bettino's coming in, but except from except from Shakan and Party, there's not really experience with quality. And mm. and Gundogan will certainly fill that quota. And I think it's a signing if it is possible. We definitely should look to get in. But Umar sticking to the transfer market, and we need to speak about the January transfer window because yesterday I wrote a piece on how, for me, that was the biggest reason, biggest factor on us not finishing top four. I think of Callum Chambers. Sending him to Aston Villa. Hmm. I think of, of course, the Aubameyang deal, but I think that had to happen. But no incomings. Umar, just how much of a risk and a gamble was 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 the January transfer window for us? It was a gamble, especially with what um, the newspapers have been saying last night in terms of Bruno Guimaraes. Arsenal were really interested in signing him. Arsenal wanted to get him, but they didn't pull the trigger. They dilly-dallied and Newcastle essentially got it over the line. They trumped Arsenal in terms of money. And it's, you go back to what Liverpool done with Diaz. It was a signing for the summer, Diaz. But when Liverpool realised that Tottenham were interested and we could be losing out on such a great player, player Liverpool brought their plans forward to the January transfer window. And they took that risk and that risk has paid off, essentially. Liverpool are in three cup finals and they basically took the title race to the last day, to the final day. So Diaz, since he's come in, he's been remarkable. He's been a signing that has just exploded for Liverpool and he's made the other players in and around him better, the likes of Sadio Mane, Diego Jota, Mohamed Salah. So you go back to what if? What if Arsenal got Bruno Guimaraes? Because Bruno Guimaraes, you know, he wanted to come to Arsenal. For many, many years, he wanted to come to Arsenal. Edu was keen on the player, but it's a regret. It's a regret. It's a regret because we didn't. The outgoings in terms of the players who departed, Aubameyang, I don't have a problem with that because I think he would have gone this summer as well. And if Mikrateta and him weren't getting gone, there was no point keeping an unhappy player. But then you look at Callum Chambers and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I know Ainsley Maitland-Niles wanted to go. But would there have been such a bad choice to keep them for four months longer for this uh, top four race and then let them go in the summer? Because when you compare the likes of NC Maitland-Niles and um, Callum Chambers, they're better players than Cedric and Tavares, but they have more experience in big games. You've seen Ainsley Maitland-Niles in cup finals. He's come in and he's performed remarkably well against the biggest of teams. So you know he's got he can do a job. And he's not to be at the best of spells in Italy with Roma. So in terms of the outgoings, you can debate it and you can think about it, that it we could have maybe kept those players. But for me, it was about incomings, I think. If there was an opportunity, I know Dusan Vlahovic didn't work out and that was down to his decision. So that's fair enough. He wanted to go to Juventus. That's no problem at all. But like a midfield like Bruno Gimaraes, he's a midfielder for the future. We wouldn't have to be basically targeting that area a lot in the summer. 
we would have a player for many, many years to come. And that player would have probably more than likely got us over the line for Champions League. So I think they've made the mistake in January. Fair enough. You can make mistakes. That's no problem at all. That's football. But the the thing that you do to improve on these mistakes, you learn upon them. You you don't make these mistakes again. You realise that January wasn't the best window. We had an opportunity to make a statement, but we didn't take that. Let's not make that mistake in the summer again. Let's realise what we've done in January and let's improve upon it in the summer. If we have targets that we want, get them over the line quickly. Make sure that no other team's interested and make sure no other team is sniffing around those players because this summer is key. Like I can't reiterate it so much because if we start delaying and delaying and delaying, and you've already seen other teams apparently sniffing um, with Aaron Hickey, they're sniffing around Aaron Hickey, the likes of Newcastle. So you don't want to be making that same mistake that we've done in January. So hopefully Edu and Mikate have learned because they're not stupid. They realised that we had an opportunity to strengthen and we didn't take it. So it's happened. What's done is done. Like I said, we can't we can't go back to it. And I would love if we had a magic wand and we could get Bruno Gimmeres, um in an Arsenal shirt, but it's not going to happen. So yeah, let's just let's not make these same mistakes in the summer. Absolutely, that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, even though it would have been a been a marvellous signing and of course I think he would have guided us to Champions League football as well I think he's exactly exactly the profile midfielder we need I think he screams the perfect signing but yeah, unfortunately yeah. we missed out on it and uh, it happens it happens there's other other targets out there hopefully we do get him. but I'm with you in, in terms of feeling man it doesn't really excite me nor does Neves I think a player like True many would but of course where we're not yeah. playing Champions League now that's I think that's that's done but we shall see. Just touch on your guys' comments here. Marcus Comfort says, spot on, keep Chambers and, and should have bought in a striker. Top four, maybe top three if that does happen. Jan, January window, what we rolled the dice and we lost. Bill says, Chambers would have been helpful against Newcastle. The front office was way too inexperienced. Too many mistakes to make every year. Mm. Lynn Simpson says, we need to bring in experience and quality players and get away from the youngsters. Casters, look at where AM now. AM, sorry, Maitland Niles is now at Roma. It's likely disappointed. Played a few games and that is it. Jose is not playing him no more. Interesting to hear that. And you know, the last segment of the show, we haven't really spoke about this on the channel, and that is Grant yeah. Shaka's comments after the game uh, against Newcastle, of course, where he did, let's say he was honest, to say the least, where he mentioned that no matter the age, 38 or 10 years old, basically our young squad or the old players in the team, there's no excuse to not step up. And if you're not here, you should go home. Arsenal doesn't even deserve Europa League football. And the players didn't listen to the coach. Just give me a brief outline on your on your view on Granit Xhaka and his comments after that. He was right. <laughs> he was right. And I like the honesty of the player. I like the transparency. He came out after such a game where we lost, we didn't perform well. And it would have annoyed more of the fan base if he came out and he said, oh, we won at the races, we go again on Sunday, we have an opportunity if Norwich win. It would just be lies. And you don't want to see that from players because the fans are not stupid. So, Granit Xhaka, uh, the problem with these media people like Gary Neville, he, he it, I, I, like sometimes I get so annoyed what, by what these media loveys, they're always on Granit Xhaka's case, always. 
even if he does something bad, fair enough. That that's point valid if he makes a challenge, if he gets sent off. But when he's coming out, when he's being honest, when he's giving transparency to the Arsenal fans, and he's not basically targeting the players only, he's including himself in that. He's not stupid. He realizes he probably was just as bad as the rest of the team. It's a team game. It's not only individuals. So I love the fact that he came out and he was transparent. He was honest. He gave clarity to the situation. He said what was factual. Arsenal didn't perform. Arsenal didn't don't deserve to be in the Champions League. Arsenal don't deserve to probably be in the Europa League. And they were just poor on the day. Like, I love that. He's honest. He's and you have to think about, you have to take into consideration. He's coming after full time from a game where we've all but lost our Champions League hopes. He will be fuming. He's going to say what is on his chest, is on his heart. So the fact that Gary Neville is basically digging him out and saying he's been a disgrace. Well, Gary Neville's been a disgrace. Always being on Arsenal's case for the past few months. I think he needs to worry about his own team, what they're doing at Manchester United. Gary Neville was the type of pundit at the start of the season who was saying Manchester United are going to be challenging for the title. He's quieting them down. Arsenal, at the end of the day, they've had the more successful season than Manchester United. They're a young team. They've spent less money than Manchester United. Manchester United have so much financial backing, yet Gary Neville, every time I hear him, now he's talking about Arsenal, basically, um, they called off the game against in the first game due to COVID, and that was the reason that they lost against Tottenham. No, Sky realised what they were doing, and they basically put this North London derby to be in and around the final weeks of the season because they wanted to make money out of it. So let's not talk about Granit Xhaka coming out and being honest, because Gary Neville's not an Arsenal fan. I don't want to hear what Gary Neville says, to be honest. I know more Arsenal fans are realising well done, Shaka. You're coming out, you're being honest. So f- full credit to him, I think. He came out, he was honest. And I want to see that. That's leadership. That's realising that you've you done bad and you take ownership for um, what you've done. You take ownership for your mistakes. So fair play to him. I thought, I thought it was a very good interview and I thought it was an interview that came from the heart. And that's what you want to see as an Arsenal fan. Yeah, it is. At first, I was a bit... I was thinking, what are you doing? Because I was yeah. in the heat of the moment. But you do come to realise that whatever everything he said, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he was spot on with what he said. He was absolutely spot on, word to word. Maybe he could have been, maybe the Arteta comments were out of line. Yeah. But the team not listening to the coach because that can say some underlining problems. But except oh. from that, I think he was I think he was right with what he said. The players were disappointing. I don't think we can always us, I think this year, we've used the excuse about having a young squad a lot. We've decided to come into the season with a young squad. That's our decision. It's not by force. So now the young players are in the team. We need them to perform and show and show why they are where they are and why they are class as top class players with amazing potential. And the only way you do that is by getting results. So if you don't turn up for a crunch game, you deserve to get criticised no matter the age. And um, yeah. I think that is only fair. But on that note, we are going to end the show there. Umar, as always, thank you very much, mate. Thank you, man. Hopefully you're feeling a bit better and we can look forward. Yeah, let's hope uh, Tom uh, let's hope, uh, Pukey gets a yeah, gets a brace against Tottenham and then I would love it. 
Oh, um, I love it. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if that happened? Like, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But thank you guys for tuning into the show. If you like the video, make sure you give it a like and subscribe. And most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,